Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to Trash and Treasures, where we watch the movies other people throw away. My name is Vry, they, them, and with me, as always, is Dorothy. Hello. She, her. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day. It is our annual tradition where we take a break from films and dip into anime. Both long been interested in anime, but for Valentine's Day, we always try to make it a little bit special. With only the garbagest of media. Some of which we like, some of which, you know. Have we ever liked one we watched for Valentine's Day? I unironically think School Days is great. (laughs) Not because it's unironically good, but I truly love it. (laughs) Other than that, um, Golden Boy. Golden Boy. We unironically love Golden Boy. (laughs) Now, this year's title is variably known as My Sexual Harassment, Boku no Sekohara, or the incredibly dumbass title that it was known on the internet for years, which is neither of those, Boku no Sexual Harassment, because fandom was a mistake. Or the corn one. I'm pretty sure that clip is in AMV Hell, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. (laughs) Just checking, getting it out of the way. So... I think that's enough explanation for folks around our age, but if you're slightly younger or newer to anime fandom, uh, the actual history of this is that My Sexual Harassment, yes, I'll u- will be using the real title in the episode proper, even if I used the extremely stupid non-title for the episode, <laughs> is a 1994 OVA, it's three episodes long, based on a series of light novels by Sakura Momo. Honestly, that was a big surprise to me. I did not think that the light novel genre went back that far. I, Because I remember it hitting really big with, in BL anyway, the Only the Ring Finger Knows light novels, which were around 2000, 2001. Yeah. Oh, I read those. They were boring. They were boring and, and not that's good. not how rings work. Not at all. But they were available, so I did read them. Yeah. And because this is a BL, or really a yaoi, this was a yaoi, that distinction will be clarified. I I need to mention up front, at the frontest of front, there will be sexual assault talk. Yep, there sure will. That is the uh, the big content warning for this one, is just a lot of dubious consent and non-consent. Non-consensual lots of things. Yeah, because this is from... The battle days of everything that is assumed about BL as a genre. Which is largely analogous to everything that is assumed about romance as a genre. Like heterosexual romance novels. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very, very similar to the bodice ripper phase of romances that started with The Flame and the Flower and continued through the 80s and... I also feel like the genre misnomer of of Yaoi versus BL is not unlike the bodice ripper versus romance novel at large thing. Yeah, well, and bodice rippers aren't really a thing anymore. It was well, it's it was not... specifically about historical romances, right? It was about a very specific grade of high heat historical that usually included sexual assault as a plot mechanic to enable the heroine to have her first time with the hero before they were married. So while he's still, you know, a sexy rake, he rapes her and they have a great time and because then, that. Mm-hmm. And then she reforms him into a husband. Right. But, but that prevents her from, basically her virtue is broken, so it's okay for her to fuck him, but not anybody else. Right. You've ripped off that bandaid and gosh, she couldn't help it. And now because- Because the seal is broken, basically. She's allowed to just fuck as much as she wants. Yeah. So, yeah. It's bad. (laughs) And if you uh, have read your share of older BL, you may be recognizing that it's basically the same logic, except for, gosh, I would never consensually get with a dude. But now that I've done it once, I guess I'm spoiled for it, so we're gonna bone a lot. Well, you know, tent peg. Fucking Anne McCaffrey. Now you have to explain (laughs) tent pegs before we can move on. All right, you had to explain tent pegs last time, so That's I guess right. I'll take this. One. We're doing it again. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Anne McCaffrey, author of Dragon Riders of Pern, 
did an interview where she very strenuously insisted that the way gayness works is that if a man is anally penetrated by anything, it turns him gay. Including tent pegs. And she is claiming to be disclosing a friend's rape and how it turned him gay. Mm-hmm. It's bad all the way down. So, sorry we're getting this out of the way. Yep. So that's all of- Yeah, so- that's the warnings. So now onto the history of the book. You know, it, it, it is good to include these things up front because we are really steeping into a mindset with this. Yeah, it's just sort of impossible to talk about any aspect of this without being upfront about, like, this is happening. Mm-hmm. The OVA started in 1994. There were three of them. It didn't come out in the U.S. until 2003, which is when Media Blasters. <laughs> just such a great name. Right? And yet, despite and their name being Media Blasters. That wasn't their porn imprint. Right. Their porn subsidiary is Kitty Media. And boy, this ha our DVD has the Kitty Media seal on it and everything. It does, which is just the ugliest titty de devil girl, I think. Or possibly... I mean, I guess it's supposed to be a cat girl. I think she, I think she does have like a little devil tail though or something. Right. Anyway, at any she's rate. in a leather bustier. It's rather restrained, really. Kitty Media is still up and going. They are responsible for all of the uh the porn titles that clog up your search history when you go on to write stuff, basically. That or Green Bunny. Mm. I mean, those were really the two heavy hitters back in the day. Media Blasters is the one where if you went to a con, they're the ones with the giant, giant yaoi banner. And the hang-ups of pornographic uh, body pillows with the uh, barely covered censorships around them. Very poorly hidden. They know what they're about, is the thing. Yeah, like, and you know what? Media I, Blasters is shameless. I say all this, but I'm not really mad at them. <laughs> they are certainly cornering that market. Cornering the market. <laughs> That yeah. is also something you've probably seen if you've gone to an anime convention, and you may not know what it is, but Media Blasters loves to have the giant pillowy ear of corn at their booth. That's not a thing anymore, or it wasn't when I went to Otakon in. Wow, that's so sad, because yeah, they used to have like a six-foot really ear of corn. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that was- th this was like a big deal in their marketing. I- that's And it was incredible. one of those things, if you know, you know. Wow. Uh, yeah, I guess this was probably the most infamous Yaoi OVA uh, available in the English market. There were others. Like I said, this was around 03, which was the big part of the anime boom as as the manga right. bubble was inflating. Right. The fucking Nazi one came out later, right? And the one about the, the kid who, like, owes people money. <laughs> uh, no money was considerably later i think yeah. that was late 2000s that's what i felt like yeah yes with giant man and 12 year old who's not actually <laughs> he's not actually old, 12 but art uh-huh it's just skating that shota line shota is not okay yep yes boku no Even pico more is not, not okay, okay. <laughs> you remember that clown who used to try and harass us into watching boku no pico for the show yeah i do on your blog <laughs> That did get a U.S. release in heavily censored form, and I'm not sure how or fucking why. What was left? I Considering Boku no Pico is just straight up pedophile porn, it is incredible that the, those were, these two are of a similar level of memory, because this is really tame. <laughs> Between Boku no Sekuhara and Boku no Pico, this is why I cannot handle people talking about My Hero Academia. I actually take genuine pleasure in reminding people of the Boku no sexual harassment thing whenever they say Boku no Hero Academia, because shut the fuck up. It's based on Western superheroes. Just call it My Hero Academia. Or just call it My Hero High School, which is what it should be, because that's not what academia is. See, also, Little Witch School. <sighs> I will die on this hill completely alone. It's fine, because I'm over here dying on the, the Yowie Hill, which... <laughs> is used in a fairly fluid sense by a lot of folks. It genuinely bothers me because yaoi is meant to be porn. Yeah, right. It is extremely sexually explicit media, media that is primarily about the sex. Whereas BL is relationship focused and genuinely gets a little bit spicy, but 
is either not that sexually explicit or like has like one sex scene as the culmination as a relationship. Like fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fake would be BL, not Yaoi, even though that's what it was marketed as. Yeah. Like these are different this- things and I'll die on this hill. In the U.S., the marketing terms were not well distinguished at the time. Like, for sure. And let alone sh- among the community, even. Shonen I is basically completely out of use. My understanding of this, and this is hearsay, so grain of salt, is that in Japan, it kind of gained sort of a skeezy association of, like, young boys. So that, that crossover into Shota. Mm-hmm. So that's not really a thing anymore. But Shonen I used to be what you use what for the BL fluffy, is. pure stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Yuri is a marketing term that is a whole different rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. That's for another day. But yeah, marketing categories are very important when talking about anime and manga, so this is why we have to do <laughs> what, what else are What else are we here for if not to be weirdly exacting about terms <laughs> and old timelines that nobody cares about but us? I had never watched this before. I had seen the corn clip, obviously, although only the two-second gif, not the whole scene. <laughs> yeah, only the behold corn. You didn't watch it either. No. But it was around. And again, I am shocked at how incredibly tame this is. It is no more explicit than your average 90s erotic thriller. Mm-hmm, very skinamaxy, except there's no titty. No titties. There's not even, you know. We watched a movie that was licensed this year, Twittering Birds Never Fly, which came out from Sentai. And uh, look up the content warnings, but honestly, I enjoyed it as kind of trashy Yakuza drama. It feels like a throwback to this era in a way, but... But more conscious about its consent and power dynamics. Yeah, better written, I think. On it. And specifically, it feels like a throwback to this OVA in some mm-hmm. ways, because it is about boss employee power dynamics and entanglements, and that whole thing. But and it's trauma. But it's a lot more explicit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot more explicit than this. And it's being marketed as a theatrical film. And the Invisidongs are great. The Invisidongs in Twittering Birds are amazing. <laughs> Just so we don't, many... have, we don't even have any light rod dicks in this, right? Except for the one scene where where the guy's dick is just magically lighting the entire weird indoor pool complex. Just a blisteringly bright and shiny crotchal area. Yeah, no dick shots, no removals of dick shots. There's a lot of that's what's surprising to me. Like I'm not surprising that there's no lovingly rendered dicks, but I'm surprised that there's no silhouette. The uh, author of the light novels might have done other stuff, but I couldn't find anything, even looking on varying, uh, not aggregate, but like, uh, you know, wiki type sites that usually chronicle these types of things. I feel like also there's the possibility of different names. and mm-hmm. Oh, this was, Sakura Momo is definitely a pen name. Oh, yeah. She is also listed with a producer credit. On a het hentai series, which is odd, hmm. but no other yaoi stuff that I could find. So I guess, I mean, if you are riding this one very marketable train, I guess, <laughs> mostly I wanted to know if the books had an ending, because this sure doesn't. <laughs> this sure shit don't. Because, well, you know, it's a cyclical story, really. Oh my god. Here's the thing, I didn't hate this. <laughs> like, it's not good in any way. It was mostly pretty boring. But I didn't hate it. But did you not hate it? Or did you not hate the version of it that's like actually a drama in your head? You know me too well. Stop looking at me like that with the (laughs) truthness in your eyes. No, no, I just, I totally understand too. But there is like a projected version of this mentally. (laughs) Yeah, there's a version of this that's good and interesting, actually. (laughs) It's basically Twittering birds. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a bit. I, I do love that Twittering birds is just, if you took this, and also the Yakuza game series. And then and sort of in the middle. <laughs> and all these Yakuza dudes are fucking one another. Uh-huh. Eh. No, it's This dude's a really good Machiavellian guy, but also he likes to get fucked. But also just has to have the D. <laughs> Including from his rivals and... As it's a humiliation tra- tactic. It's trashy and hilarious. Oh my god, it was fun. I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> It's also deeply fraught. Yeah. 
like I said, look up the warnings, but... Yeah. By the way, I feel as though I should mention for everyone at home that the DVD for My Sexual Harassment includes the tagline at the top, It's getting hot in here. I want you all to know that. I will post a, po- a photo on our Twitter. Damn. 2003 was a time. Getting that Nelly money. Mm, they're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> should I just read them the terrible backline? Because... Sure, why not? All right. Because... The plot is weirdly twisty for as little of it as there is. Mochizuki is a diligent young office worker with a kinky knack for falling into bed with his co-workers, clients, and bosses. Kept under the thumb of his dominating supervisor, Mochizuki tries his best to keep the office running smoothly. Will Not he- seen. <laughs> right? Will he ever get to spend some time alone with Fujita, the one man who wants him for something other than his body? Not seen. Or will he remain a slave to Honma's desires forever? <laughs> Coming this fall. They did not spell it that way. They did not. That's not actually on there, but it should have been. I'm doing their work for them. I will be honest, I was surprised that there wasn't more rape in this. Oddly. <laughs> for the time. Given what I am familiar with from the era where basically... All of the yaoi that I was reading as a teenager were had that the first time must be extremely forceful because obviously two dudes would never just decide to get it on. Gravitation. Why, yes, I did read a lot of gravitation. <laughs> How did you know? Because you described gravitation. <laughs> but the f- very early scene is Mochizuki basically working late at the office and Honma wanders in and puts a hand on his dick and he, and we get an internal monologue where Mochizuki is like, yes, my hot boss. <laughs> and like, all right. If that's the kink we're doing here, which it is, it uh-huh. is salaryman kink, essentially. Like this, it takes place in unabashedly the pornoverse where nothing makes any sense. Nope. Everything exists on horny logic. And that's just what you got to buy in on. Yeah. And I mean... At the risk of comparing this to a much better actual film, I really like Secretary, which requires that initial buy-in of sort of sensing that this is something all parties are working toward. This is no Secretary. This is no Secretary at all. Do watch Secretary. James Spader is good and so is Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh Uh-huh. They're both really good in it. Honestly, peak movies about BDSM, which there are relatively few of. And unlike Twittering Birds, it doesn't imply that it's a deficiency based on trauma. (laughs) Cough, cough. But of course, immediately after we do the, oh my god, my hot boss came on to me, all my wildest fantasies are fulfilled, uh, we immediately have to do a left turn into, I'm not gay, you know. This is just what you have to do in the world of business. To get ahead. <laughs> it's like a, okay. And here's the thing, Mochizuki has the most amazing ass on the planet, apparently. 404 file not found. Like, he's a fairly boring average potato coon, really. But business leaders from around the world are willing to make multi-million dollar deals for a crack at that ass. Because that that's what his job turns into. Mm-hmm. And again, this is presented as the secret true world of big business. Okay, but the het, the het version of this exists in a billion different forms. Uh, yes, and they're all terribly demeaning. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was surprised that... This was as non-explicit as it is because there is a straight-up porno, uh, god, what's it called? Office lingerie, Lingerie, yeah. Yeah, that's just a dude comes in and fucks his way through the company while trying to discover its underhanded dealings, basically. Yeah. And also it's a lingerie company. Because? Because, of course, what else would it be? Obviously. Porn logic. Yeah. Porno world. Mm-hmm. Which does not excuse everything, but it is sort of the thing you have to <laughs> right you can't you have to get that base level of logic otherwise you'll never get more than five minutes into the plot <laughs> there are things within that that you can question like what about this dude he does not appear to be particularly attractive compared to everybody else <laughs> but everybody wants dad ass i guess it's supposed to be that you know he's got that beguiling innocence kind of thing he, he has that sort of doe-eyed whatever that a lot of Even he's and porn. actually a total weasel and that's sort of his fall from grace this is a story about 
the complex, conflicting desires of our hero as he fucks his way to the middle. (laughs) I was surprised. It's supposed to be about, gosh, he's doing all of these demeaning things. And the negotiation with yourself and the devotion that you feel towards Honma. And yet Honma is asking you to do these degrading things, but also it's hot. But but really, you're only fucking these guys because you're you love Honma so much, or uh, something. I guess. Which, by the way, Honma has a wife and kids. It feels as though that should be a fairly central uh, conflict to this. It's only it's mentioned not. offhandedly. <laughs> we never see them, even in photos. <laughs> I like the the random girl who keeps trying to get with Mochizuki through the first installment and then it's just gone. Just gone. This poor woman does not know what movie she's in. Uh-huh. She's over here at the bar talking to the actual nice guy character. Yeah, there's a nice guy character. Yes, Fujita is our nice guy. And he, basically all of these guys went to school together off screen. Basically, that's how Mochizuki got into the company. That's well, how he knows both of them. They all went to the same school, but he didn't go to school with Honma. Mm. Honma was established at the company, and he was a legend at my school. Right. Um, so, And then he and Fujita were classmates. Yeah. And I believe Fujita was his kohai. Right. Mochizuki's kohai. Because all relationships work that way. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. There must be a hierarchical difference. It's and Todai, but we're not saying Yeah, we Todai. can't say that Todai has a secret cabal of gay businessmen. How dare you? These are extremely hetero businessmen who also do a lot of ass-fucking for business. It's an extremely Roy Cohn universe. <laughs> Honma does have heavy Roy Cohn energy. I mean, he's a monster, but damn. I said what I said. That's a little far. He sucks and I hate him. Yes. But to be fair, everybody in this sucks, because Fujita is supposed to be the guy who cares about Mochizuki for who he is, except we never really see them actually... We know that they play tennis together, which is, according to the office ladies, a secret sign that they're gay. <laughs> and that's amazing. Yeah, there is this great scene where um the girl who wants to bang Mochizuki and never gets to is sitting there chatting with the other office ladies, and the other office ladies are like, Oh, they play tennis together? Oh, doing things together outside of work is obviously a sign that they are gay and dating. Anyway, me and Sharon are going <laughs> going to dinner now. Right? And it's like these lesbians are trying to come out to you, hon. <laughs> I support them so much. That seems the best. It's great. <laughs> the dot's not connected. And probably the joke was supposed to be they're hypocrites. <laughs> Or something. But But I choose to support these lesbians because we're in (laughs) 2000s mindset and the way either you are a total misogynist and make the the female characters the villain to get rid of them or you pair them off with the other ladies. (laughs) I've rocketed back in time. We never actually see them having a nice time at the tennis together because mostly the scenes we get of them together are Mochizuki has blown Fujita off. And Fujita is... Jealous and pouty. Mm-hmm. And just appalled as he slowly realizes that Homa and Mochizuki are fucking. hmm Because he wants to fuck Mochizuki. I'll be real, I'm surprised that there was not a reason. I, I, I expected Fujita to, to rape Mochizuki. Because they have a drinking contest, and Mochizuki's like, if you win, you can do whatever you want with my body. And I'm like, oh, okay, I know where this That's is going. That's a normal thing to say <laughs> during a drinking contest with your bro. And, but then it doesn't. It does not go there. And I'm like... This is a higher bar than I expected. One point for you, Fujita. Right? You may be an actual nice guy, as opposed to a nice guy TM. Confusing. Even the weird scene they have where they kiss once and Mochizuki's basically like, I'm humoring you. It's This is my job. It's fine. Because I'm such a cutthroat businessman. Like, Fujita seems genuinely distressed about the fact that it's like, like, he asks beforehand, and afterward he's like, are you just humoring me? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. There was almost an emotion there. <laughs> like, wow, this is so much more than I expected. And then it doesn't end. There's no ending. It just stops. Well, the end of that episode is because Mochizuki has been called away to America. Boston. America. <laughs> yes, he has to Boston. go to Boston. <laughs> and apparently we're, we're worried about lawsuits from Todai, but not from MIT. <laughs> Or Harvard. MIT, where the rapist went to school. (laughs) 
Because now we have the full-on rapist. There's been Dubcon with Honma requiring Mochizuki to bang some dudes for business purposes before and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's all kind of got that questionable power dynamics, but technically he went there willingly kind yeah. of thing that's par for the course for this kind of sex fantasy. So yeah, it's like part of the fantasy concept. But this is just, don't worry, it's a 90s yaoi. There is a full-on rapist. And it's, oh god, I need to look up the f- American fuckhead's name. Joe Nini. A name. Who, as part of the funniest other name drop in this <laughs> movie, is trying to sell the company's secrets to Buick. <laughs> <laughs> of all companies. <laughs> you know, when I think of great business proposals, I think Buick. In 1995. The thrust of this stretch. <laughs> thrust. Is that Mochizuki has gone off to America because Honma asked him to, but gosh, Honma is never there, so he's just been abandoned to his work in this foreign country and it's lonely. And there's- So he foolishly hangs out with the obvious rapist. Not to victim blame, but the guy basically has a sign on his head. Yeah, it's one of those, the plot has put this blindfold on you so that you will not read the extremely sketchy signs. And to be fair- he does get the signs eventually, just when it's too late for him to get away and he's already had the drugged drink. And then we have a rape scene that Joe films in order to blackmail. And uh, it involves kink paraphernalia, because mm-hmm. kink paraphernalia, of course, is bad and perverted. Uh-huh. Whereas just doing kink is fine. Just doing kink power dynamics, okay. But once you get the paraphernalia in there, then it's perverted. Well, that is also the case with the clients that he particularly hates is the one guy who uses a vibe and it's weird because it's not a sex work fantasy Mm -hmm. it's a fantasy about sex happening at work to be clear like he is being offered as part of a perks package basically Mm -hmm. but right but the oh no i have to have sex with all of these strangers who are who, who do terrible things to me is, is not it's decoupled from finances and it's instead like attached to prestige of the company and honor and business business they're all very anonymous dudes who don't seem to be very good at the sex he doesn't <laughs> seem to be having a good time one of them is Honma's boss who is old is that the one where they have a three-way uh, yeah and then there is the guy who uses the vibe which he doesn't respect consent when dudes when, when mochizuki is like this hurts but again, it's a it's a question of, oh no, you're using toys. The most depraved thing. Yeah, that's the problem. And meanwhile, Honma Dennis over here comes <laughs> to his hotel room through the adjoining suite that he's booked for them. Like, go take a shower. You will You'll be clean. Be clean. <laughs> it's about the implication. This what whole movie is all, about the implications. What is with all of these always sunny times? This week, Reynolds next week. Lately. We're having a run. <laughs> Sorry, folks, I have COVID. Oh, yeah. Uh, Did we mention that this episode is weird because we have the plague? Yeah, sorry. Sorry. We're going to be okay, though. Like, we are genuinely going to be all right. So this all brings us to corn, Right. So we have the blackmail plot where he has to keep going to this rapist because, gosh, this videotape will get out and I will edit it so that I will not be implied at all and everyone will know that you're a dirty, dirty slut. Uh, Apparently. I guess. And then Honma comes back and finds out about it. Or rather, he never left on his business trip and has been working in the shadows this whole time. For reasons that are not explained, because Honma is basically a plot device. Honestly, that narrative thread, I can see what this story thinks it's doing, where it's the emotionally distanced guy who cares, actually, and he does all these things through action. But he sucks, is the problem. Uh, Yeah. It reverses course on that again later. And again, there's the wife and kids who introduce all of these new dynamics and do not play on the on the plot at all, except as, I guess, a reason why they can't be together. A convenient excuse, you mean. Yes, that is exactly what I mean. So he dramatically waits in the closet at the rapist's house. At the moment that that Mochizuki is tied to the bed and about to be victimized again. But Mochizuki has drugged the rapist this time. And you see, Joe is a big fan of bourbon. And bourbon is made out of corn. So So, they tie him up to the bed, 
And film him. Rape him with a whiskey bottle. Or a bourbon bottle. Yeah. A full one. So Butt chugging. So yes, this is butt chugging. So he's got to be dead by the end of this. Like, that would be fatal. A I know, full bottle. Like, I know he went to MIT and probably was in a frat, but like, that kills guys in frats every year. Mm-hmm. Don't butt chug alcohol. It will hit you super fast and you'll die. It will kill you. <laughs> and there's a lot of mockery of you're a dirty, dirty slut who is enjoying this. And then he which, rapes him with which corn. Which is a weird thing to say in front of Mojizuki. Right? Yeah, and then he rapes him with corn. It's one of those things where, like, yes, this is a rape scene and that's inherently upsetting, but also the actual framing of it is not that explicit. You have, like, legs and a lubed up piece of corn kind of going in and out of the shot. And that's the whole thing. And, of course, the, the ahegao face. <laughs> even that though there's not it's not even that impressive of one there's sound effects though slurp 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 corn it's the old hot buttered corn joke that's the thing that's the most infamous scene in the whole movie and it's done now yep that's it and yet there's more movie yes that is the climax of the second episode and the third one is mochizuki comes back to japan no no, no he doesn't still... he's still in america yeah they're still in boston but Fujita is trying to get him to take a vacation in Hawaii because apparently that's just so close to Boston. Well, it's so close to Japan, you see. But also, it's so convenient to get there from Boston. This movie has no understanding of American geolo- uh, ge- geology and its- geography. <laughs> or geology, I mean, but, I but mean, that probably. is the real thing. Yeah, th- I don't think this knows much about continental cleavage. But I'm. <laughs> Office worker lady has gone off to a better movie, I hope. Yeah. There's lots of spelunking, though. Not for Fujita. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Fujita wants to take a vacation with Momichi. Mochizuki. Mochizuki. Because Brain. <laughs> Hawaii is the one place where Honma won't be able to find us, and at last I can convince you that my feelings are real and I'll treat you right, baby. Look, he's not saying this, but, but he's saying it. Well, and Honma calls him out on it, yeah. basically. But at the last minute, right before the vacation oh no there's a problem oh no we need you to go to work by which we mean fuck a guy a british guy now, the shiniest dick in the land and for a second while the scene was happening i thought we were in like a private terrarium type situation because i don't know when i see pool with jungle around the side i think of that episode of oron as do we all uh-huh yes we are all but no they just go to the hotel pool <laughs> And then a smaller, more private hotel pool <laughs> with a weirdly scaled bench. And it's like, these backgrounds are not to scale with no, with the characters. These, it's funny. These two broad-shouldered grown men are fucking on this bench with room to spare. Nobody's like awkwardly dangling a leg off. There are scale issues. I realize this was probably produced at a grueling pace, but still. Probably. <laughs> it's funny. It's the anime industry. Probably a lot of people were very tired and underpaid. There underpaced. were ulcers involved. Yeah. They fuck on a bench because he's a thoughtful uh, John. And Mochizuki doesn't want to fuck in the open next to the pool. Because the concrete. <laughs> at a hotel where presumably people can see through that glass. <laughs> what, what, what's the British guy's name again? His name. I think it's Will Rogers. Bill. Bill Rogers, yes. <laughs> with his dazzling Brit dick, blots out the sun yeah, with a shine. Where he he just stands up, and there's just a spotlight obliterating your vision from where his crotch is. It's incredible. This doesn't have a dub, by the way, so we were not treated to incredible hentai dub work. Alas, always saddens me. But yeah, and then after Mochizuki fucks this guy, he finds out indirectly that Honma set him up t- to bang this guy and like agreed that he would before getting his agreement and that he was manipulated into it because Honma was like, oh no, I guess I'll have to bottom for once since you're on vacation. Did it specifically to undermine his vacation with the nice guy because he felt threatened. And there's no actual reconciliation or resolution with Honda. It's just Mochizuki and Fujitama. <laughs> You're asking me to remember the names of these characters, of which there are only three, and that's cruel. (laughs) 
after after the fuck sesh, Fujita shows up in Boston because that's how devoted he is. That's I how guess. creepy he is. Yeah, that's how creepy he is. Because it's been at this point over half a decade. This has been a while. <laughs> Years this man has pined. He <laughs> finds out about the fucking and by watching <laughs> Hotel Pool. Yep. And he's like, this is sexual harassment, title drop. Mm-hmm. We should we should do something about this. And Mochizuki's like, no, I consented to this. I'm doing it all of my own free will. It's and big business, baby. Really makes you think, doesn't it? And that's the end. That's it. <laughs> that's the end. <laughs> there is a version of this that's trashy but enjoyable, I feel like. But it's not the thing that we watched. <laughs> yeah. But like mentally, I can see how it could have been interesting. In terms of, like, personal agency versus doing this for somebody else or doing it as a tragedy of self-delusion. Right, and the manipulation aspects, like, if you had brought that to the forefront and really explored how manipulation impacts consent. Like, I don't even think that this movie realizes how fucked up it is that he doesn't have a good time with Honma fucking him. He doesn't come until, like, the third sex scene they have together. <laughs> in in the last episode, I mean, Homa blows him and stuff, but he he doesn't enjoy being penetrated. But he's the UK, so that's what happens. Because that's the course of events. You pick a sex position, and that's the one you always do. He is so much the UK that through a significant portion of the film, we couldn't tell if he had a dick or not. Frankly, I think I I think you could make an argument that he doesn't have a dick. There's one shot where it looks like maybe he has a dick. That's right, in like a mirror. Yeah. There's the vague shape of dick. But it was like, is this a trans guy? I feel like that would be discussed. That would either be uh, weirdly fetishistic or weirdly progressive for this movie. <laughs> yeah, but, and I'm not saying this to be shitty to trans masculine people. I'm saying specifically, We forgive like, you. <laughs> the way everything is positioned, it looks pretty much the same as vaginal well, and PIV porn. Yeah, and there are lines about like how, oh gosh, she's wet now. And like, and you what? know that anuses don't lubricate like that, right? Are you talking about like pre-cum? There, there used to legitimately be a uh, how to write yaoi guide on the internet that some woman wrote down with the help of her gay friends whom she asked a bunch of detailed questions. Uh-huh. And she said that her gay friends assured her that their asses self-lubricate if they're just that into it. And I love these men. I, I want to meet these men and shake their hands. <laughs> like, good job, dude. Great prank. I need friends. You, you didn't. didn't. <laughs> Holy shit, that's legendary. Uh-huh. Y'all don't even know about the bad old days. Bad dick porn. Uh, Weeping I mean, cock. Yeah, I mean, Minotaur's sex tips were really useful, and it's a shame that he's passed. But his site is archived, so. That's good. He had a lot of very specific, this is how <laughs> anal this is sex how, works. If you're using a dick and having anal sex, it looks like this. <laughs> it operates this way. You should include that mm. for historical value. Yeah. <laughs> but this this boy's magical self-lubricating bussy is worth millions. Even of the things that are on the disc, the other trailers are more worth watching than this movie. <laughs> well, I don't know about level C. I didn't watch that one, so. <laughs> I made the mistake of reading some of the manga. It came out under the blue imprint. Of course it did. Yes. So it had cellophane on it. That's how you know it's adult and serious. <laughs> yes, tell the people the potted summary of level C. So a model meets an ain't shit man. This dude's girlfriend throws him out, so he runs into a random model walking around, a random teenage model. Everyone depicted is over 18. (laughs) (laughs) I am sure that they uh, lied and put that on the DVD. Uh Uh-huh. And he just runs into this random model dude who has his own place because this is a teenager in a Japanese series from the 90s. So, of course, there's no parents. And he's like, hey, baby, let me move in and I'll give you a bang in time in the sack whenever you want. And then they do. And the model is like, um, um what? No. And then but rape ensues. Because the model is an uke. Yep. There's also a trailer for the fake OVA, which fake is uh, good and charming. I love fake. It does have the problem. It is 90s. Yeah, it, but it, its problems are more in common with 
the het horn dog series of the time where yeah just our sort of the pursuer character yeah where d is too pushy and then something will break in and stop him from being a rapist yeah but on the other hand d is a really good and interesting character as is rio i think they are some of the more developed characters that you'll find in series from that time yeah i love fake and i feel like of this stuff from this era it holds up some of the best but it does have that issue and the ova is weird though because it's so random it's just a random case from like halfway through yeah from like volume three where they go to england and jj and berkeley rose are both there and (laughs) and the ova adds in those chicks the trailer included on the dvd straight up shows you the killer which is a choice like, I know it's only a 60-minute OVA, but I guess you didn't think people could wait? And Which is funny, because yes, fake was always more of a how-catch-em than a whodunit. It was more in the Columbo model than... Mm-hmm. But that one legitimately was supposed to be a mystery Right. Yeah, there was at least supposed to be a twist. It's like, oh, <laughs> nope. Okay. Earthian. Earthian, which I love with all my heart. It's extremely cheesy. The OVA is the romance, not... Though. Oh, these angels spurned by God for their gay love. The OVA is awkward because it just straight up skips a volume. I don't know why. It like does case one, case two, and then skips to after the apocalypse. I guess it's because it's from that era where OVAs are basically treats for manga fans where you want to see your favorite arc animated. Mm. But it's very weird if you're trying to watch it without the manga, which we own, but is long out of print. And this is one of the reasons we are problematic. Because... For those of you who don't know, Earthian was the first really big hit from the author of Loveless, uh, Yun Koga, who is, ex- I like Great to refer artist. to as Mario Kata with fewer hits. <laughs> In that when she's doing good shit, she's super interesting, but boy, is it just a nest of vipers in the stuff that she fucks around with. So much happening. Very good at writing uh, assault surviving teens. I really like her art. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the good stuff that she does in there is good and valuable to me as a reader. But also... Also, she just <laughs> slipped right over into also fetishizing her abused pubescent lead. Yes. So that's a problem. So, yes. Like, unequivocally. A mess. Uh-huh. Doing bad things. But... But also, when she's on, she's on. Like, Crown of Love is interesting. I really like Akuma no Riddle, even though it's also kind of a mess. So, Yun is a lot, but I love Earthian. It, it, it's by far the most just, like, tropey 90s work of hers. <laughs> and what was the other one that was on here? Oh, gosh. It's one we have also seen. Um, oh, I see why we didn't remember it. Yes, the last trailer is for Mirage of Blaze. The <laughs> least memorable BL series ever. Mirage of Blaze straight up makes me angry. Because <laughs> it's so boring. Because it's it's so theoretically so very my shit in terms of trash media and it's so boring and so ugly because it's about reincarnated souls yeah it's about a a bodyguard who is reincarnated across the eras just pining for his shitty shitty boss (laughs) and like that's the kind of trash i can get behind yep there it is But it sucks so bad. It's not good. It's It's just so bad on every level from production to plotting to character. Yeah. And I feel like this is just sort of a case of this is the most concentrated, like, example of an era, not just of manga, but also of American consumption of yaoi content. Right. Because this is a decade behind that we get this in America. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure there were people importing it under the table, and that's why they knew it'd be a hit, but mm-hmm. I don't know when it came out on tape in the U.S. I don't know that it did. I think it might have... Well, maybe it... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that as well, and I don't have the um, records for that. Mm. The The earliest noted release is the O3 DVD. But yeah, so it is interesting seeing Mirage of Blaze being promoted alongside it, because those are such different times. In terms of content, and Mirage of Blaze is not a porn at all. Fake is not a porn. No. It's definitely on the BL side, or would have been shown an eye at the time. At the time. Although, its DVD does have that content warning that I will never forget, which is depictions of alternate lifestyles. <laughs> never <laughs> forget. 
holy shit, I wish I had the DVD just to preserve that piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, and it really is an interesting sort of arc in terms of kind of which writers hung on, because the fact that, was it Momo Sakaki you said? Uh, Sakura Momo. Sakura Momo didn't really do anything else that you could find. It might have been partly just a case of, well, are you able to evolve into a more complex storytelling format? Or are you just sort of stuck in doing this really very didactic, power dynamic-y porn? Well, and I mean, this was several years before Gravitation came out and completely changed the market. I mean, after the Gravitation anime hit big, it totally changed the face of what BL was. And even though BL is still a underserved comparatively to het media and even to yuri yeah and it, it's and of course, way more of it now and of course bara and gay Komi are their own thing mm -hmm. right it's their own separate thing usually uh bara and gay Komi are for guys right by and for gay men usually although bara is on the way out because a lot of the magazines are shuttering which is why gengaro tagame has moved to doing family fa friendly stuff like yeah. my brother's husband big men Big men. Big oh, titty. With doing, speaking of kink stuff, doing lots of kink stuff <laughs> in a Tagame <Yeah>. manga. <laughs> That's why they don't get brought over. <laughs> Which is a shame. Right? Give this man some money. Yeah. Give this elder gay some money. And BL at large in the modern sense has done a lot more shift to talk about identity and family and a wider variety of subgenres, but so much of the outside perception of it is still very locked into this era of yeah. BL media. And that type of viewer. Right, the, the heterosexual the, woman. The heterosexual fetishy Fujoshi. Whereas there is still the ongoing conversation of what is appropriation, what is fetishism, what is escapism. Can Americans speak to what a Fujoshi is? Mm -hmm. But at, at the very least, a lot of surveys and stuff have shown a degree of shift to queer men and non-binary folks beginning to find places in the BL manga market, which is cool to see. But of course, the OVA market is kind of dead and TV markets still tend to choose these very assault-heavy series to adapt because those are the biggest sellers and the safest bets, whereas your riskier stuff is going to stay a manga or go to film. Or occasionally one will escape, like Yuri on Ice. Mm -hmm. Or Given. Yeah. And I feel like there are specific authors whose work you could almost chart that shift with. Mm -hmm. um, the one that leaps to my mind is Fumi Yoshinaga, who... I have some of her early stuff, and it's like costume dramas that are very rape-heavy, and it fits very badly on her style of writing. It, it does not work very well with the very delicate sort of gestural studies, yeah. movements of her characters, and it's just very weird and feels bad mm -hmm. together with it. Whereas... You know, as she's moved into doing more just modern set character dramas about relationships, I feel like it fits her work much better. Yeah, I mean, What Did You Eat Yesterday is feels a little outdated now because it started in the late 2000s and, and so much has changed. didactic, but... But, like, it was a big deal in terms of just a normalized middle-aged gay couple living their everyday life. Yeah, and Antique Bakery is gorgeous, and I love her food porn. Mm, oh my god, her food. She Her single-minded crusade to bring brownies to Japan? Horrible. You know, if she drew corn porn, it would be good. <laughs> and it would be on a plate. <laughs> it would be earnest. It would show that corn to the best of its ability. And tell you how to cook it. I will say that that conversation in her autobiography that's the cringy one uh-huh where she talks to a gay guy who gives her the pass <laughs> and that is that makes everything okay it's like oh i see a decade of your me uh, of your manga from this moment of this 90s thing that you wrote spread out before me from this one conversation <laughs> but yoshinaga does seem like a like someone who genuinely wants to learn and improve her work and there could stand to be more established authors like that yeah and well and i also feel like the fact that she is able to do the stuff that has a better fit and is more plotty and more character based shows that the market's shifting mm -hmm. that things can be hot without being this super rigid 
situation. Right. This, this very assault-heavy, recreating heteronormative dynamics shit. And also almost entirely about the porn. Like, just trappings for the sex to happen. Where you have to do all the work of investing in the emotion. So, like, um... Interesting some... historically. Yeah. No, honestly, glad that we watched this as a historical document. Will not watch it again. Am going to keep this DVD, though. Hilarious. Right? I'm glad we have this piece of shit now. I think that wraps us up on this one. Yeah, I think that's about what we've got to say. I don't want to belabor it. And also I need to lie down. Yeah, on account of the plague. Thank you so much for joining us, listeners. If you liked this, you can find more of us by looking for Trash and Treasures on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, If you leave us a five-star rating and review, it would warm our hearts because it helps folks to find us. You don't have to. We're glad you're here. But, you know, if you're out there. We also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash trashandtreasures which is where we post bonus content and Dorothy's recipe book and other fun stuff like that. You can also email us at trashtreasurespod at gmail.com if you have something that you really want to say to us or share with us. We love to get email. Or you can find us on social media. We are on Tumblr at trashandtreasurespod.tumblr.com or we are on Twitter at trashpod. I want to give a shout out this time around to at Mizaki Shiro just for saying hi and enjoying our Carry On episode, which was a hit and that warmed my heart. Yeah, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, again, like, these commission episodes are really fun, but it's also nice to take a breather and do something we pick now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you one and all. Yeah, we really so appreciate fun. you. And we will see you next time for, well, a drunk book club. And then our next proper episode will be our hundredth. Oh my gosh. I know. We've been doing this a long time. <laughs> it, it will not be the hundredth in our feed because of all of the, you know special episodes we've done but it'll be the hundredth like normal episode so yay for us go us all right and until next time take care of yourselves don't catch the plague (laughs) yeah to be clear we did we did everything right but (laughs) the grocery store got me Mm -hmm. and so you guys be careful out there so yeah take care 